Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Welcome to another episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Our Saturday review of WandaVision Season 1. This week we are on Episode 8, titled Previously On, which first dropped Friday, February 26, 2021. My name is Steve Baldwin, and joining me this morning is Dave and Scott. Good morning, guys. Good morning. This is the, the first episode where I think I agree with Scott we probably need twice as much time to talk about the episode as we do that the episode length actually was. Yeah, that's true. So and there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff we can unpack here. Uh, yeah, good morning, I, Steve. And I, I, I'm going to correct Dave. It's the second time you said that on, on our reviews, but yeah. that's cool. Math is, math is hard, Scott. Math is hard. Let me, let me get my and, notes on Dave here. Hang on. And, hang on. And, okay. <laughs> and to compound things, we have even less time than normal, so we're just going to dive right in this morning, guys. That's no foreplay here. By the way, we'll apologize for the sound quality. Um, our, our quarterback here is uh, without a good mic today, because we're traveling, so apologize for that. Our quarterback uh, is in a secure remote location and not at the Prime Studio. Yes, that is true. That is correct. All right, diving in, guys. Right off the bat, we're going to get a lot of backstory here on the entire season, the entirety of season one. But we're going to launch with Agatha Harkness's backstory. We start in Salem, Massachusetts in 1693. Agatha is pleading for her life with a, from a coven of witches. And one is her mother, apparently. Yes. Yes, that is all true. Okay. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> they, they, they try to take her out. They're, they're, they're zapping her with whatever witch magic power, whatever that is. Purple and magic. She, Purple magic, and she, well, it's blue, right, coming from yeah, them. Blue. And she, yes, blue, she, and then she zaps him back with purple. She yeah. pushes back and takes out the entire coven, including the mother. Now, I've got questions about the mother. Did you see at one point where there was like a magical crown sort of like forming around the mother's head? What was that about? My guess is that the mother was the leader of the coven, and that was a, a manifestation of her power and status within the, you know, within the cell of witches, if you will. But that could be something that they're going to dive into a little more later. The Marvel Universe is clearly embracing magic as having a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe here for Phase 4. That could be a portent of things to come. See what I did there? We're talking about witches, and I said portent. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I have to say that I think it's a little more uh, foreshadowing, um, obviously, with uh, the Scarlet Witch or Wanda. Um just, you know, we saw the, the costume that she wore during the Halloween episode, and we see that same kind of symbol on her head, the mom's head. And it'll come around again later in this episode. That's a great point, Scott. So at one point, um, the mother says, um, you, you, you know, she accuses uh, Agatha of betraying the coven by practicing the darkest of magic. And, and uh, Agatha responds, I didn't break your rules. They bent to my power. Uh, can Agatha control her powers? I, 
I would I would assume at the current time, yes, she could. It's possible back then as a young witch still maturing, she might not have mm-hmm. been able to control all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and after she kills the, the Coven, including her own mother, she takes the famous brooch that we've been talking about now for multiple weeks here. So that's the source of the, the, the brooch that she wears in every episode. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, then we flash forward to Agatha's basement. Uh, Wanda is under Agatha's control, tries to read Agatha's mind and can't uh, because of protection spells. And you guys were were referring to some of the symbols and uh, some of the stuff that was happening in that basement last week. Yes, so apparently those do have specific meaning and we're starting to get introduced to the rules of magic. Uh, if Wanda has been a witch the whole time and doesn't really know about magic or the rules of magic, it's, you know, now we have Agatha here to, uh, explain it all. Agatha explains it all, just like Coressa would. Yeah. If you cast those protection runes, then the witch who casts the runes is in control and no other magical being has power in that space. Seems very straightforward. I'm sure Doctor Strange could somehow twist that on its, uh, on its head, but... <laughs> Nonetheless, those those are the rules, and we're in Agatha's house, and this is Agatha's episode. But I do want to detour for just a second, Steve. I'm going to steal yeah. this from you because I need to, I want to ask Scott a specific question. Yeah, do it, Scott. Did we just get our first Marvel Cinematic Universe, quote unquote, everything you know is wrong story with this episode? That was the thought that kept occurring to me. And for the non-comic fans out there, everything you know is wrong is a a story type in the superhero genre where they take everything that you've known about the character and they find some way to twist it on its head and make it so that that's not actually what was going on. It's a very specific form of, of retroactive continuity. And it was really brought to prominence in modern times by Alan Moore, who perfected it with uh, swamp thing and miracle man slash Marvel man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Dave, it's not just that there's something else I can't even talk about until we get to the very end of this, this review. Um, another kind of a trope, that uh, kind of flips everything on its head. But um, yeah, my God, I mean, the whole thing with Agatha and and, and everything you know, I mean, I, I, you, I can't even start with what you just said. Like, there's so much that happens. Right, because the, the Scarlet Witch in comics has had, I think, I had I went back and looked this morning. I think she's had four or five everything you know is wrong origin yeah. twists in the comics. She might be the yeah. most retconned major character in Marvel Marvel comics. Yeah, and what I feel is it's not just an everything you know is wrong moment, but it's a melding of a lot of it into this one episode um, because we're getting multiple storylines, not just the House of M, uh, which, holy hell, there are there is a House of M moment in here. Or, the, I mean, the Wanda origin story with the kids and stuff later on. Uh, didn't think Disney was going to go this dark, but <laughs> mm. I'm having a hell of a, a good time with this. Uh, so, also. So- for my friend Greg, who's not on the show, I have to do a pronunciation correction. I think it's pronounced Coven. Uh, uh, okay. I, I'm not sure if it's Coven or Coven, to be honest. I just what did I, 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 say? Have, I have some witch friends who would probably find offense <laughs> in the Coven versus Coven argument. So, uh, so just to be to fair. Anybody, to anybody who would be offended if we're pronouncing it wrong, I promise it's 100% out of ignorance. <laughs> like, really, please Absolutely. just... Please no just hexes, correct us. No spells. Please, please just correct us. We're <laughs> sorry. 
Is this a plagiarist? Is it a plagiarist moment here we're having? It's a plagiarist. Actually, that's fair. Do we really want to go to Greg for pronunciation? <laughs> Greg is really here to tell us if things are racist or not, not if we're pronouncing them correctly. All right. So, so I have a, a question along the similar lines here. We're talking about you know flipping everything on its head and everything you knew was wrong. Yeah. Is is this the exposition episode? I mean, it seems like they're okay. They're you're using a lot of airtime in episode eight to explain what's been going on for the previous seven episodes. I, well, I like the fact that, uh, Dave, you mentioned it, you know, it's it's uh, Agatha explaining magic. It's not, um, uh, what's his name, holding your hand, uh, episode eight, Last yeah. Jedi. It's definitely done in a way that could, like moves the story forward. I like that she's realizing that Wanda doesn't understand what's happening to her, which has been told to us. But here she is now having to explain basic magic to Wanda, who is the most powerful witch. And, and Steve, that's kind of a, a, a writing trope that you do in, in superhero, not just superhero, mm. but it, prominently in superhero. But if you want to have the ability to explain things to the readers, you give the superhero a sidekick. Sure. So that the, yep. the mentor is always explaining what's going on to the mentee. And in, in, in essence, you have an opportunity to explain things to the reader or the viewer at the same time. Right. Yeah. Through the eyes of the of the sidekick. Yeah. Yes. Got it. You know, so, Scott, you mentioned that, you know, uh, Wanda doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but there's a moment where, you know, Agatha's trying to figure out what's going on, too. She's she says, you've got a thousand people under your thumb, all interacting with each other, according to complex storylines. That's something special. I, she, I like the does idea. She, well, does let me pose a question to yeah. you first. Does does Agatha know? What is going on? I, I genuinely think she is trying. This is what I love about this. No, I, I she so it's mentioned she's drawn to this massive amount of power that happened in New Jersey. So I like how that kind of gets her to the town. And then we see the last episode of her arrival floating into town, uh, which is a great little intro for her character and retelling of the WandaVision story through Agatha's point of view. But I like that they're both trying to figure it out. Wanda, in previous episodes, um, you know, is telling other characters, I don't know how all this happened. Um, mm -hmm. I, she even, in fact, I like that the moment with when we see Sparky uh, getting killed, uh, apparently in the bushes, um, that whole dialogue sequence takes place. And she looks at Wanda when they're talking about resurrecting the dead. And she's like, you, you can do that? Like, mm -hmm. you can bring people yes, back? She, she broke, yeah, she broke character. Yes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is another moment of her real character trying to figure this out. She doesn't know what's going on, but she does have an idea. I like that in this episode, she has to explain to the woman who created the witch that created this entire thing, which is not an easy thing to do, controlling thousands of people. Like she says at one point in the episode on autopilot magic, mm. um, how is she doing this? Like she has to explain a basic uh, transfiguration uh, hex or whatever, where she's trans right. uh, transforming the trans transmutation. I think transmutation uh, from the uh, cicada to the, the little or cicadia. Sorry, yeah. Mm. Sorry, we're they're plagius. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during during that initial sort of exposition time, she also we also learned that Pietro was fake. She actually throws a line out there, Pietro, if you will. <laughs> Um, but and I, I was, mean, I, he's, he's fake. But her point is, if you listen to all of it, her point is, well, your brother's corpse is on another continent and it's full of holes. So I right. had to find an alternative. 
So it's it's yes. written very specifically in a way that, well, what does that mean? You found an alternative. Did you just create a fake Petro and I Petro and I love Fetro. That's hilarious. <laughs> or did she just reach across realities and pull Petro in from another uh, another dimension in the multiverse? Yeah. So they 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 kind of explained it in one way, but they left it open on the other hand as well. Which is yeah. I, I loved that one bit of dialogue. It was great. There are a it couple is. of great, great bits of dialogue in this movie, in this episode. Yeah, I'm glad Dave picked up on that. That is fantastic. I, I caught I picked up on that too, and I was just like, oh man, that's really opening up the possibility of that multiverse we've been talking about for seven, eight episodes now. I wondered if Catherine Hahn um, ad libbed that Fietro line. It, it <laughs> felt a little it felt a little bit off the cuff, which was really it, great. It, She's it, great. I, I have gained a new appreciation in the internet age of of actors' true creative chops because I've learned yeah. so many things that I loved in movies were actually just improved on on yeah, set on set as yeah. opposed yeah. to being written. Like I, my favorite one is still from the the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek reboot where uh, the Bones McCoy character Carl Urban says to Kirk, "You know, my wife took everything from me in the divorce, including the planet. She took everything from me but my bones." Because the character's been called Bones McCoy as a nickname. That was an ad lib line that he just threw out without telling uh, anybody on that show. is amazing. That's and so good. Like, as a as a writer, you've just got to be like, how how the hell do I not think of something like that? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. great. My, really quick, my favorite one of my favorites is the Indiana Jones scene with the sword. And yeah. Harrison Ford was sick that day, and he's just like, I'm not going to fight this guy. Pulls out his gun and blows him away. <laughs> and great. Spielberg loved it and kept yeah. it in. Love it. All right. So so we get more that we jump to Wanda's backstory. We're learning more about Wanda, why she loves sitcoms so much. We get the uh, the shot of her as a little girl in the apartment with her parents. They watch old um, in Sokovia. They watch old American sitcoms. And they've got tapes of DVDs or whatever that was to to practice their English. Yes. Which I yeah. loved. I'm like that. That's a great detail to tie it all together and not just make it a convenient plot device. Right. And Wanda actually becomes sort of part of the scene. Agatha says, "Here, you're on, kid." You know, and she mm -hmm. goes on and becomes part of the scene. Um. So we see that you know the the explosion that kills the parents, and Agatha. And we see that... the inspiration for the toaster in the first commercial because that yeah. star, that unexploded oh, Stark bomb has yes. the single blinking red light on it. Yeah. And how how does the Stark bomb not go off? Agatha says, "Well, uh, what did she call it? You used it's a probability a... hex." Yes, which is which was in the comics how the Scarlet Witch's power was described for probably twenty five to thirty years of, yeah. of publication history. A probability hex. That's what she did. She altered the probability of things happening. Oh, and as the writers grew in sophistication, the manipulation became more and more, you know, direct and blunt, like a hammer. Whereas okay. opposed to, it, originally it was kind of like small things. It then became large things like, oh, what are the odds of this, you know, titanium steel door just spontaneously rusting out to the point where I can walk through it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. I, I see. That's the kind of detail that you get by listening to this show, listeners. You get that in-depth analysis from experts that have been reading the comics for, you know, their whole lives, and I'm learning along with you. So that's that's really cool. I love that fact. Yeah. Um, or I love that detail. Um, all right. Then they go through. There's another door 
that they they're sort of like walking through these significant moments in the in Wanda's history. They get through this other door and she's in a they're in a stone chamber, sort of like a cave with scientific equipment. Um, and Wanda is well, her captors say, "Okay, we want you to touch the sample." Yeah. Uh, so this, Steve, so what's really great about this, there's a, a ton to really unpack and break down here, but let's go to, back to the real obvious one is the TV commercials. So since you brought up the Stark bomb uh, connection, which is something I think we've touched on through all these reviews, is as we're going through these doors, we're seeing these very um, important or traumatic moments in Wanda's life, um, which we've mentioned I think have touched on in the commercials are examples of that. Those commercials represent those moments in her life. Um, so I think we're going to see, we do see a lot of that through these, uh, these moments in these doors. She is in the Hydra base being tested upon for the first time. We're actually seeing the age of Ultron kind of backstory to why she was in those cages or in the glass chamber there um, after, after the end credit sequence. But yeah, I think there's one commercial when we get to the very end that that Nexus commercial is something that hasn't happened yet. So we're going to see all of these moments happen, play out in these door moments where she's popping in and out of her past. Got it. So she's in the stone chamber. There's some background dialogue about nobody survived this. She touches the the sample, which is was that like a Loki like Loki's that was that was the yeah. Loki scepter from scepter, uh, yeah. the original from the original Avengers movie. And you'll recall that in Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron, it's revealed that uh, Wanda and Pietro get their powers from experimenta- Hydra experimentations with the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they yeah. were mutants in the comics originally. That got retconned at one point, too, for well, – I could do a whole podcast on that situation. Yeah. But they, they weren't allowed to use mutants in the Marvel Universe. So, okay, we'll give them their powers through an Infinity Stone. And the Infinity Stone was the scepter. That was what led to their cutscene introduction in Captain America Winter Soldier. They're the first two people who have survived the experimentations with the Mind Stone. So, Dave, I, I need to ask you this. Because they now own Fox, Disney owns Fox, and we're getting X-Men, we're getting Fantastic Four, is this almost like these scenes of these or extra moments of her origin feel like they're kind of retconning back? We do get to still see the moment happen with the Mind Stone, but it almost says, like, I think at one point, the power was already there. The stone just unlocked it or enhanced that, it. That's pretty much what Agatha says. She's, Agatha comments that, okay, so it took this power that otherwise would have died on the vine yeah. and mm-hmm. unlocked it and amplified it. So I think, where, I think where they're going with it, Scott, I think it's exactly what you're saying. I think they're going to go back to this concept that, yes, they had powers that were already there. They yes. were mutants. The Mind Stone just... Yeah, you know, uh, turned it unlocked, up to eleven, unlocked or enhanced. Yes, uh, something, something that was already there. What, so, yeah. so she touches the 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 sample, quote unquote, and she's exposed to the Infinity Stones, you know, radiation. During that moment, there's a part where you see a figure floating down towards her, um, and I'm curious to what you think. Is that her future self she's seeing? Is that her mother? Is that the power of her mother? So. What is that? So I, what does that I, represent? I did some reading on this, Scott, and I'm gonna, I'm totally gonna jump in on this because I think this covers yeah. something that not, I know I haven't read in the comics because it was a recent comic. I'm gonna assume you haven't read it either, but probably not. 
the the recent Scarlet Witch series written by James Robinson uh, does another little bit of a retcon for the Scarlet Witch character, and it says that she is like she's it's a title, it's a being that exists, and Wanda's mother, her actual mother, her like third or fourth retcon mother, was the Scarlet Witch prior to Wanda becoming the Scarlet Witch. Hmm. So if they're drawing from that. And I presume they might be because they just published that Scarlet Witch series in collected form for the first time ever about three weeks ago. Uh, one might infer that she was seeing a vision of her her mother in her Scarlet Witch form. But that is one. But you're asking, Steve, I made a list before I came on the show today. What are the questions that I want to see the final episode answer? And that was one of my my questions is who is the woman that Wanda sees when she touches the Mind Stone and gets her powers? All right. Yeah. Yeah, without knowing that, Dave, that's that's a great uh, poll and, and certainly the research on that. I had no idea. And I the look of her in the silhouette looks like her costume, like the yes, real. It does. So that's what really like to me, it felt like, OK, yeah, we got the jokey Halloween episode and her in the original costume. But this might be the transformation of her into what she will look like when she becomes the Scarlet Witch, like the full character. So. I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because that makes a lot of sense and not just my theory on her seeing herself maybe in the future as a much more powerful being. So the two uh, pass through what I think is the final door to where Wanda is in the Avengers compound um, by herself and Vision enters through the wall. And there's there's a lot of great dialogue here, including one of the best lines I've heard on television period in a while. I, and that is I, when I'm pretty sure I know what it is. You know what I'm going towards. Um, Wanda is just expressing that she's just full of this endless darkness and grief and, and visions trying to make her feel better. And she says, and, and she's watching Malcolm in the middle. Yes. And like she's barely hanging on watching Malcolm in the middle. And I was struck in that moment. Like how much of that is so many of us, over the over the years like we're all at our whatever our own individual emotional breaking points are and we have this this thing this ritual perhaps on tv perhaps it's a movie or something but that's what gets us through I, I, it just felt like a very a much more universal moment than perhaps it was intended to be i, yeah. I agree you go to this what your 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 comfortable place you know where where you feel um peace and you feel whatever you know brings you to that calm loving place and she's there and she's trying to survive this these tragedies that have uh, have um that she's undergone and and vision says to her what is grief if not love mm -hmm. persevering just a beautiful line if i had any gas left in the tank at all i would have bawled like a baby after hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh so so then wanda or excuse me um agatha brings her back your parents were dead. Your brother's dead. Vision is dead. You're, you've got this overwhelming grief. And then we see how Eastview was born. Essentially, she 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 West. doesn't. Oh, and she doesn't. Well, isn't it Westview that turns into Eastview? No, it's it's, it's Westview. Or is it the other it's way around? West, okay. It's Westview. Yeah. Okay. So she, okay. Um, we we also learn that she does not steal Vision's body. And that's that is super yeah. significant, by the way, not just because, oh, she didn't steal the body. It means Hayward lied. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hayward yeah. Yep. lied. Why did Hayward lie? Why is it important for him to keep that deception up so that Wanda is the bad person? That is another one of my big questions that I have. Like, okay, episode nine has to answer this. And it it gets into a larger thing that's going on here as well. We've always wondered, like, is Agatha Harkness the villain? And a lot of a lot of media writing treated the reveal in episode seven as now we know who the villain is. As we go through episode eight, she's not the villain. All this stuff happened, and it got her attention, yeah. and she came there. She is independent of the events that are actually going on yes. in this in this episode. She is the X factor. She is not the driving, <laughs> motivating force. Uh, first of all, you saw what I did there, Scott. Yeah, I totally I saw that. Oh, fuck, dude, that's one of my favorite comics. Um, okay, a million things I got to say, so I'm going to say it fast because I don't want to run out of time and we need to do this. And this Dave set this off. Steve, real quick, let me backtrack. The the last door was not the one you you mentioned. The last door okay. is actually the back going back to see the events that happen when she steals the body. That's the final door. Mm, That's just steals the body. Steals the body, and I'm in air quotes. Great, perfect. that's perfect, Dave. Um, because yes. The the thing, okay, big big shout outs to every single actor on this show because Hayward's been played off as just a straightforward dick. Like, don't like this guy. There's not some reason. The way he plays this moment in this scene is so the manipulation is amazing. And yeah. there, there's a very specific line in there that I want to interrupt just for one second to call attention yeah. to. Please. When he says, you don't have the ability to create life. You don't have the ability to bring... And he, like, says something very specific. And then she's yeah. like, what? And he like, oh, no. And he deliberately corrects it back to something much milder. Yes. He's, he's not... He not just is lying. He is he is manipulating events yep. and people to get something. Yeah. And that makes me wonder what his game is and is he really who we who we think he is? Well, the obvious mm. point is he wants vision as as a weapon. He wants that, and, and he does another manipulating moment where he says to her, oh, that's not why you came here? Like, you, like mm, you can see mm-hmm. the way he's playing it. It's like he's trying to push her into doing something she doesn't know if she wants to do or not. And then he does it again, Dave, where he backs away from it. And the grief of her just sitting at the window looking down over Vision's body finally sets her off. And this yeah. is where I think this show is so freaking great and meta the manipulation of video content. We saw what mm. we were supposed to be seeing was her breaking into the facility and stealing the body, but we never really see her take off with the body. Right Here is the real moment where she gets in, has her little peaceful moment, even though it's a little crazy with the glass breaking and her floating down. She realizes that he's dead. Like there is a cathartic moment and she leaves peacefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found very interesting was we see a different version of that where Hayward is telling the people in his group, this is what happened. This body was stolen. Certain people, not everyone right. in his group. Right. So so now we, we've all been operating under the assumption since episode four or episode five that, that that's zombified, that zombie vision walking around. It's yeah. a dead reanimated corpse with a giant hole in his head. Just right. like Petro would have holes in his body. She actually sees the 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 vision of the hole in the head version right. in episode two or three, I think. Right? Hold is, on to that is, point, Steve. Hold on to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But now we know that because of the, the post-credit sequence, that's not the case. She didn't steal the body. So what is walking around Westview? Did she really just make the vision out of whole 
cloth because that is something above and beyond the magic that we're seeing with everybody else who was transformed in Westview. The vision apparently is a creation out of whole cloth. Yeah. Yep. And I think they show, they sort of allude to that. They show that they show him being formed from nothing. Right. Just magic. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the, not the postscript, but the end of the show, we get sort of the big reveal um, uh, with Agnes saying, well, this is chaos magic, and that means you are the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Cut to credits. There's some fun comic meta stuff there, because like I said, her power was described as a hex for about 30 years, and I'm pretty sure it was Kurt Busiek who started describing her probability manipulation as chaos magic when uh, Kurt took over writing the Avengers in the late 90s. So there's a little meta-evolution of the power going on right there, and the reference of the Scarlet Witch suggesting it's a a title or a being, like a nexus being. Yeah. You know, or how James Robinson was writing it in the comics, as it turns out, that the Scarlet Witch is a title and a specific person that occupies a role like the Sorcerer Supreme there's a lot of table that's been set here and I'm honestly curious if they're going to be able to resolve it all in a single episode, mm. episode nine. We, we did jump real quick. So I'm going to do a quick little thing. Uh, when she leaves the facility, she gets back into her car peacefully and we do see that, that letter that's sitting on her seat, uh, which is great. She had that moment where like a peaceful mm. moment. I'm letting vision go. I'm just going to leave no harm, no foul. Everything's done. I've made peace with everything. She sees that vision had a plan somewhere from that last time we saw them together before all the Infinity War madness that he bought the deed to the property in Westview so they could build a life together. And that's where I think there's there's a lot of other little still things in the shadows that are manipulating her because she goes there. And that's where I think the, the big reveal is where she unleashes the full power of the Scarlet Witch and creating this town. Okay, in the last two minutes, guys, we've got we've got to cover the postscript scene uh, <laughs> with Hayward uh, revealing that are they making a another vision? They've, another they've version re- of the vision. This is this is zombie vision. Yeah. First of all, this is the reanimated corpse. They put him back together. Yeah. Okay. They infused him and are powering him with the energy. But the the right. albino vision or white vision. I'm going to need Greg to tell me which is the least racist term to use. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sad he's not here to help me out with this today. But that is straight from the John Byrne Vision Quest story, which is one of Greg's favorite stories and one of my most hated stories, where the oh. Vision was kidnapped by the government, stripped down for parts, memory was wiped and put back together, lost all of the color shading that he'd had, and was was reduced to just being an emotionless, memoryless android. Now, in that series, does he retain – I was reading a little bit before. Does he retain the memories, but he has yeah. no emotional connection to any of it? Right. Nothing. He's just yeah. – Which just, is even more brutal for Wanda, I would think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was a storyline where he could, was just like, I hate – Just it was just brutal for the Scarlet Witch, whom I love as a character. And I that's why I hated that story so much. But <laughs> – that version of Vision became the Vision that was around for probably 10 to 15 years before they really started bringing him back to a little more of what he used to be. But the Vision and the Scarlet Witch never reunited as a, a couple after that Vision Quest storyline where John Byrne demolished him. 
Mm-hmm. What, uh, Dave, what, what, I cannot place the name. What do they actually call him in the, the comics, the, the white version of Vision? They, they still call him Vision, but when he became a villain, when his consciousness was swapped with another reality Vision, he, yeah. the, the villain Vision was called the Anti-Vision. Okay. You know, because we were apparently out of all good names at that point. <laughs> Well, this series is winding down or winding up to quite a conclusion. Yeah. Uh, in the last minute here, as we roll credits uh, for this show, will we see a vision versus vision moment? That, I think that might be what Paul Bettany is referring to when he says there's an actor I've always wanted to work with and we have a lot of fireworks together. <laughs> Maybe he's been talking about himself the whole time and we're all just, just stupid and getting totally punked by him. Yeah. Okay, I, uh, before we end this thing, there is one weird Easter egg moment I wanted to bring back because it goes back to the DVDs and the shows <clears throat> that influenced her as a little girl. Everything we've seen from her so far about WandaVision is stuff that she has in her memory of her past. But in that box that her dad presents her is also the inspiration for Agatha's own show, which is The Munsters. That was not a Wanda show. That was an mm. Agatha show. Was so, that in the box? You can that see was it? in the box. Ah, yes. That's cool. Yeah. So that makes me a little more suspicious. I know so, I know Agatha is not the main person here. She's not the main villain. I'm, I'm going to throw one more thing out to try to connect with the dots real quick. Chaos magic, supposedly, if you read through all the Scarlet Witch stuff, comes from an elder god in the Marvel Universe called Chiton. C-H-T-H-O-N. If someone has a better way to pronounce it, please let me know. That works. <laughs> Chiton also wrote a book of magic called The Darkhold. Yeah. The Darkhold, there is a book of magic that is seen on Agatha's table in the basement that we've speculated is the Darkhold, and just for fun, there is a book that is missing from the magical library in Doctor Strange. Mm. Maybe it's the Darkhold. We will find out next week as we wind up our review and the show winds up. WandaVision itself is ending season one after next week. It's um, it's going to be an exciting conclusion. Dave, Scott, thanks a lot for joining this morning. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday. Join us for episode nine, the finale of season one of WandaVision. Uh, until then, have a great week and may the force be with us all. <laughs> <laughs>